Good morning, everybody. SF Live episode 110 this Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Bit of an unusual time. We're doing a double header today. I'm joined in a few seconds by James Anderson. He's president and CEO of Van Gold Mining. We'll be chatting about the developments at their Pinguic El Pinguico project down in Mexico. James was a guest on the show August 10th, so I'll make an effort to link to it somewhere. Wait, where am I? Right there. Up there in the box. I'll see if I can get one of those cards on YouTube coming out as well once we're done with this interview and to make that accessible for you as well because James leaves a lot of good information in that interview and plans moving forward. Um, but before we switch over to James, be reminded this is an interactive format. So please use hashtag AskVGLD. That's the company's ticker on the exchange for your questions here on Twitter. We'll get to those. Make sure to post anything you want. We'll be happy to ask and uh, we'll get to those questions at the end of our conversation. Also, personal message here. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Hit the like and subscribe button. Leave a comment. What do you think of Vangle? What do you think of the interviews? Let us know. We want to hear from you. Now, that's it. I'm switching over to James Anderson. James, it's great to see you again. Um, welcome back on the program. It's good to have you back. And uh, how are things? Things are great. Uh, good morning. And yeah, thanks for having me back on, Kai. No, it's great. And uh, you're, you're back in your basement. So... But this time for various for, for another reason, uh, you're in quarantine. You were down in Mexico, so that's right. Down in Mexico for three and a half weeks. Um, and had a number of different things to do down there. Figured I would stay a good chunky period of time, knowing that the Canadian government requires this 14 day quarantine period once once we return. Exactly. Might as well make use of that time. You've attended a conference. You've been to the project. Let, let's start off with the conference. Like physical conferences are. A, a dream right now for for everybody here in North yeah. America. So, what was it like? What was the atmosphere? Just give us a rundown. What was it like? Well, generally, I was really impressed. Um, you know, obviously, there's there's not very many conferences, not only in mining but about anything you know, throughout the Western world. This conference was supposed to take place a number of months earlier. They postponed it, and then decided, you know, rightly or wrongly, okay, let's let's go for it. Um, Mask wearing was ubiquitous through the whole through the whole thing. When you went into the conference center, which was, is an excellent, elegant conference center right in the middle of Guadalajara, uh, when you went into the conference center, they had a like a large tent tunnel set up. So as you go through, you are misted with um, uh, germ killer, right? So uh, so yeah, with Lysol exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, so that's handy. They also take your temperature. They either take your temperature with a handheld device, or uh, as you're going through this tunnel, they take your temperature with you know one of those photographic temperature takers. Anybody that has a high temperature is not uh, allowed to enter into the into the facility. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I and certainly an enormous amount of social distancing, which was a little bit easier. I think they probably had a third to half of the people who you would normally expect, the number of people that you would normally expect at the conference, um, which which maybe is is handy and helpful rather than, you know, bumping into so many uh, so many stragglers all over all over the place. But uh, it was effective. There were companies there. There's a lot more at this particular conference. There's a lot more suppliers. So uh, geophysics people, drillers, assay offices. So we were able to, to interact with, with those folks and see a number of other technical presentations of other companies that are doing good work in, in Mexico. Yeah, it's just like attending a conference in person actually makes a huge difference. A, you allocate the time definitely to, to attend, as you said, those technical sessions. I think I signed up for a webinar yesterday that I was interested in, but I just didn't come around to, to watch it, to, to, to log in. 
right? But if you take the time with a physical conference, you do have the time. Also, it's like, how, how was networking like? Like, was there any, like, I don't know, it's difficult, like bar activity, like socially distant bar activity, or like, you know what I mean, the chatter? Like, how was that yeah. being handled? Yeah, so a, a little bit more subdued, obviously. Um, and in the in the bar activity, I guess, you know, the, uh, yes, there, the, yes, there was some of that. Um, but certainly social social distancing. But just just like in restaurants everywhere else in the world, you know, there's this suspension of disbelief as soon as you sit down at the restaurant or all the all the masks come off while we're eating and drinking now. So so away we go. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure whether that's, um, you know, whether that that helps in the, the spread of the virus. But um, but people keep their distance and there was enough of that. To make the conference make sense. Fantastic. All right. Let's enough about the conference. I always find it interesting though. It's like because we host conferences, so just always interested in feedback on what's going on in the world, right? Um, let, let's talk right. about your the second part of your trip. I think it was the second part, if I'm mistaken, was the trip to El Pinguico. And uh, you've been to site. Uh, tell us your observations. What did you learn? What did you see? What got you excited? Yeah, well, so many different things. Um, uh, it's about a three and a half hour drive from Guadalajara to Guanajuato, uh, where the project is. Um, stayed at a hotel for a week, the Holiday Inn Express, and then that got a little boring. So I stayed at uh, one Airbnb and then wanted a little change of scenery. So I stayed at another Airbnb. Um, you know, costs are $25 to $30 a night right now for, for a, you know, a nice, comfortable Airbnb. So that works pretty well. Um, lots of different things that, that, that we did, but let's, let's talk about the, the project itself. Um, the most important thing that I was able to see while I was down there was the the company's um, fruition in getting down to level seven, at level seven in the mine. We'd been working on that for about three months, and it wasn't supposed to take that long. The the video that we put out uh, embedded in the news release yesterday, I think, shows some images that will that help to explain to people the magnitude of of the task that we that we were. And, and continue to do. So getting down to that level in the mine, very, very important for us. Fantastic. And like you, you've been really active since our last interview. That was August 10th. I've, I've wrote a whole loss, list of like things you put out in a press release. You did sampling. You, as you said, you cleared the shaft, added, you closed the financing. I think I want to start off with that one, right? Because I think that was pretty much right after because we talked about it in our interview as well. Uh, you raised close to $4 million, 84 place C's. So I just want to get more colors, like who, who participated in the financing, who came in? Uh, are you seeing some more support from them as well? Yeah. Um, so one of the larger participants, uh, one of our directors, Dan Oliver, runs a precious metals equity fund from New York City called Myrmican. And they, they bought a significant amount of the, the private placement to actually increase their percentage ownership of the company to over 10%. Uh, I participated um, with a, an order in the private placement. Um, there's another fund out of Boston that's been very supportive um, all, all the way along. Um, but then, you know, there's a good chunky part of that financing that was done with uh, a number of brokers in Western Canada, mostly from Calgary and, and Vancouver, although there was some Toronto participation as well. Um, people will tell me, well, you know, this this is a uh, a retail story right now. I'm not offended by that in in any way, shape, or form. I think people, I think retail people uh, have the ability to be able to look at the the low market cap of this company and see that as an opportunity. Some of the bigger funds, and you know, I mean, I, I hear this all the time. You know, James, wow, you know, your your team is doing such a great job. 
I really look forward to your progress. We can't play right now because your market cap's too small. So that's fine. Um, you know, there'll be an, abil an ability at a different time when the, when the stock price is higher and when the market cap's a little higher for those people to play. Yeah, I was like, what, what is the market cap? Because I saw the average volume is about $200,000 a day, which is not bad for a retail junior, right? So. Right. So, so the market cap right now, um, you know, at, at 21 cents here this morning, I think might be, um, we'll call it 22 million Canadian dollars. Right. So what's that? Maybe 16 million us dollars. So yeah. for the funds, it's still it's very, very small. Turnover. It's a nano cap. Right. But, uh, to your point about the good turnover, um, you know, there, there continues to be a lot of, of interest, a lot of retail interest in what we're doing, how we're doing it. And uh, to your kind words this morning, I think that our ability to be able to, to do, accomplish a lot of different things here in a, in a relatively brief period of time. So people like that, um, and, but the stock trades and, and that's good. And people like volume. Fantastic. And I, was like, I didn't want to sidestep the, the El Pinguico project, like, but I just wanted to get that financing question out of the way. So now we can focus solely on the project. Um, you, you said you've been, uh, you've actually been down in the, in the shaft and in the added, I saw you coming out, you went down, down the added and you were breathing right. the air down there. So, um, tell us your impressions. Like, what did you see under uh, underground and like, what needs to be done to get to the next step? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, just from from a technical standpoint, what what we've done over the last number of months, um, we um, we we've had a, a a red metal head frame over top of that shaft. We installed a, a winch and winch building to be able to to move material from the bottom of that shaft out of the shaft and and dispose of it. Although and uh, now that we've gotten down to the lower levels of that, most of that material is mineralized to a you know a, to a to a uh, a small degree uh, it looks very comfortable side by side with our surface stockpile so we're stockpiling that material uh, in anticipation of being able to send it to a mill in the not too distant future and I know that that'll be one of your questions so we can come to that uh, here in a, in a minute or two um, you go down 200 meters right in a giant metal bucket so that's how we it's low tech but it's very effective so that's how we move people you know in and out um, safety is a big concern and we've hired a, um, a mining engineer with, with everybody there are mining engineers and most of them are graduates from the University of Guanajuato engineering school. So that's excellent. And, uh, Antonio Neto is our security and safety manager. And, you know, we take that very seriously. It's an old mine cut. There's, there's places where you can get into trouble in that mine. So, you know, we take that very seriously. You go all the way down 200 meters. And now we can get out at the number seven adit level. Of course, we wanted to get, as soon as we were there, we wanted to get this going. So you kind of have to duck and cover under about one meter, um, go into a little cross cut, then you can stand up and then you are at the number seven adit level, which was our um, intention to try to get to here the last, the last couple of months. Fantastic. And there's like down, down the way, like you, you did some sampling along the way, along the vein shaft, the, the shaft. Uh, you discovered a vein or it's like you might have discovered you might have been there obviously before but you did some sampling so run us through that what right. did you see and uh, what's, what's it indicating yeah well thanks for that opportunity I mean we we, we try we, we painstakingly try to describe this in the news releases but without pictures and video it's really really hard so the first bit of sampling that we did which with results that were you know frankly I, I, I thought spectacular um, that comes from the number five and number six at levels. 
So in our mm, ambition to try and get down to the number seven level, obviously you cross level five and level six. So getting out at those levels, you can't travel very far right now. There's little cave-ins and stuff like that, but you can go 30, 40 meters, but you can look up and see the, the vein material that was mined 110 years ago. Now what these guys did, let's say the veins are two and a half meters, three meters wide. They took out the really high grade material. Remember this was the highest grade mine in the region 110 years ago. So they took out that material. All the stuff that they left, that didn't make cutoff grade back then, but it's very good grade. So basically from the, between the fourth and sixth levels, that's what we announced maybe, maybe four or five weeks ago. But an average of about 530 grams of silver equivalent per ton across channel samples from those vein exposures. We had a third party engineering team down there. And I can tell you, they were very impressed because it's not very often that you get to look at, it's not very often that you get to look at a vein system like that and get, get to wrap your hands around it. You can drill holes through it, but here you get to, to see, you know, three dimensions. I, if I, if, if I may, um, about two weeks ago, we announced additional sampling. And that's from the adit level that, we, that we've had access to all, all along, the number four adit level. So you can walk in about 800 meters to the top of our underground stockpile. We took samples about every 10 meters all the way along there. Some of it's barren, but some of it was really pretty good grade. And, and there's one section in particular where it's over a kilo of silver per, per ton. So there's all kinds of areas that we want to drill. Number one, I think it's remarkable that there's any gold and silver left in that adit. It's been open for about 110 years. You get little thieves come in and take away the high grade or just tourists. They'll just, you know, you can come in and go like you were saying earlier, you know, did you get a sample? Yeah, well, here, take that. That's a high grade sample. So the fact that there's any material left that we can sample there is remarkable. What, we'll, what we will do uh, in the weeks ahead when our drill rig that we've bought but hasn't arrived yet, when that finally arrives, we will be able to drill underneath uh, those sections of, of grid. Yeah, so drilling. You mentioned drill rig still missing, unfortunately. But uh, like, how are you planning? What are you targeting? Like, What's the plan now? Um, what's the budget? What are the drill meters? And I'm, I'm sure you hopefully it'll hopefully arrive this year, maybe early, early next Christmas is looming. Mexico is a Catholic country. So Christmas is one of the highest right. holidays there. Um, so, right. So we, we, we announced our purchase of an underground drill rig probably three months ago. Um, the original time for delivery was supposed to be the third week of November that has come and gone. Uh, the the manufacturer told us that it would arrive on the 8th of December. That was yesterday. Still no drill rig. The the new date uh, that it's supposed to arrive is the 21st of December. We're hopeful. Um, they don't they don't have all of their money that manufacturer for the construction of uh, of the drill rig. So I'm expecting that they will will want to get paid their second half uh, for the drill rig. So we're um anticipating if that if it doesn't arrive here in the next two weeks that it will arrive in the first week of january as you say not nothing too much happens in mexico around christmas time exactly and uh, like drill budget drill plans like what are you going to target first you have the, the stockpile you want to target obviously the veining and the adits like what's the priority here we've got uh 14 drill holes um that uh, do, 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 do. that will cost us um 
the, the, the marginal cost to drill a meter now that we have purchased our own drill rig is only about $55 a meter. You know, so that's that's uh, about $75 a meter cheaper than if we got a drill contractor. So I, I think that it's it's a wise long-term plan for us to have purchased this thing. Uh, we will spend about $150,000 to $200,000 within the first 90 days uh, drilling that um, this initial um, the, the, these initial set of holes. Um, but it's kind of cool where we're doing that. And, and in anticipation of doing that, what we've done is chiseled away and prepared three drill stations from underground. So along that number four adit level that I was talking about, there are two cross cuts. You can walk out about 100 meters um, into those cross cuts, maybe a little less. Maybe we'll call it we'll call it 80 meters. And we've set up drill galleries there. We are um, just in the last week or so uh, extending. You need a whole bunch of electricity to run this drill. So um, big power cables. We're t changing the transformer, which exists just out in the in the laydown yard. So we'll have um, water, a sump, electricity to be able to power that drill. And we will be able to drill fans of holes there. It's an initial 14 hole drill program, um, but but really, I don't anticipate I don't anticipate us stopping particularly. Okay, uh, let's me to the next question. Financing, obviously, you raised four million dollars in in August. Uh, so you you made some option payments. You bought the drill rig. You only paid fifty percent so far, but I'm sure like the other fifty percent is earmarked for it. Um, right. You repurchase the royalty. You've done some sampling. What what is left at the end of the year? Like, what are the plans then moving forward? And since drilling has been postponed, at least the, the drilling aspect of it, not the buying the drill, um, to, to the right. new year most likely. Like, what what's the budget then? Like, well, less, uh, you know, I'm very proud of how much we've accomplished uh, on on and not and and have not spent all that much money. So, with regards to the repurchase of the royalty, um, we made a, an initial payment of two hundred thousand um, dollars. We'll have another another payment of three hundred thousand dollars in March, and then our next payment won't be until twenty twenty two. Okay, um, with regards to the drill, it's about a quarter million dollar price tag. We've paid half of that, and they'll get their money when that drill rig arrives. Um, uh, and then all of the other expenditures to get down to the bottom of the the shaft, do all of that sampling. Uh, nonetheless, we raised $4 million. We had some money in the treasury at, at that time. We've got a little bit of, of additional money in from warrant exercise, but we will leave um, the year 2020 with about $3.8 million in the treasury. Fantastic. That, that's good news. That's good to hear. Shareholders will be happy with that. You've been really efficient then. And as you said, you're spending $30 a night down in Mexico right now to stay overnight. So <laughs> uh, you, you're definitely watching the treasury. Um, like to, to keep dilution down, like what are plans moving forward, keeping the dilution down? We talked about the stockpile at length last time. Um, have, has there been any progress made on getting the stockpile out of, out of there and uh, maybe pro, uh, processing it as well? well yeah, um, so, so yes and no. Um, you know, there we continue to have have discussions, uh, not exactly you know on an ongoing basis, but discussions with um, uh, several groups in the Guanajuato area. There is there are four mills in the area. Two of them are closed, and two of them are mm, one of them's maybe a little bit too far away to for an ongoing 
um, campaign for our surface stockpile material, but it may well work for our underground stockpile. So the underground stockpile, as you know, we've just gotten down to, to level seven. We have additional work to do to clear um, a, ro a rock fall both to the north and south of that. Um, that will be counted in days and weeks, not months, to clear that away. Um, but we need to do that before we can you know, actively come up with a plan to move the underground stockpile to surface. Uh, the other mill that's op operational um, is a couple of challenges related to their tailings facility. Uh, which is quite built up, and you know they're they're making adjustments there. Um, so the other two mills that are closer, especially the one that Fresneo owns, that is you know immediately adjacent well, to like, it. I saw pictures on the website. It's like a stone's throw away, right? Like like literally, it, like I could probably hit it. I, um, I'm I'm not sure if a stone's throw, but uh, you know with a with a seven iron, <laughs> I think you probably could. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's really it's really close. We we call it two kilometers on you know from from where the road access is that we that we access level seven. It's closer than that, right? So, uh, yeah, it's there. I got a tour of it last year. Um, our our friends at Fresneo continue to tell us they're, that they're interested in putting it back online. They certainly had a plan to do that and to start of, in March of this year. COVID came by. Their plans changed, and I, it's a big, big company, right? So I can't, you know, with any surety, tell you when they might start. I mean, if if they if they they they, ha they have material in their laydown yard, stockpiles. You know, we 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 talk about our stockpile, stockpile, stockpile. The they got stockpiles of material right in their laydown yard, um, which they moved in anticipation to opening that mill last year. So if they opened at the end of February, wouldn't surprise me at all. If it was another nine months, you know, it's a big company. That wouldn't surprise me. So I just, it's very, very difficult to gotcha. put, a, put a finger on when that date might be. Okay. Jim, we're hitting our time limit here. We're 23 minutes in. So besides drilling, what, what else can we expect from, from the company in the next two to three months? The, the, can, the access of the number seven adit level, so clearing the, 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 the rock falls to the south, we've got 1.3 kilometers that we can open up. That's really cool. At the portal, we've already established um, steel beams and concrete pillars to, to reinforce that pillar area. You go in now about 75 meters, and then there's a blockage. About three weeks ago, we just decided, okay, let's stop spending any money there until we get down to level seven in the shaft. We've done that. Um, if you look at the old maps, there's only two or three places along that length that there can be any rock falls, we think. So we think when, once we get past this initial rock fall that we might be able to walk all the way down. If, if that's the case, Kai, um, like we're in business. There's all kinds of different things that we can access, including additional cross cuts to drill additional holes from the number seven level. So. Uh, you know, that's that's very exciting. We're going to pursue that very, very strongly, very hard. Awesome. Newsflow has been fantastic the last four months, so investors can't really complain. You guys are making progress, you're saving money, and you're doing it in a smart way. So I really appreciate you having on, uh, coming back on here, actually, and uh, giving us an update on what's happening. So just before year end, so this is one of our last episodes. The next one later this afternoon is, or later today, is the last one of the year. So, um, wow. Yeah, I'm done. Time for a vacation. <laughs> um, so okay, well, I, I didn't know that. I really I appreciate the opportunity uh, to to describe everything that we're doing because, as I say, it's 
it's it's a little bit different than most than most juniors, you know, who are you know just doing drilling and other exploration work. This is much more of development work that we're doing as well. So it's a little bit difficult to describe. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to to um, tell your your viewers all about no, it. No, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. It's early in the morning, eight really eight o'clock Vancouver time. It's not too bad actually. It's so really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy it's good to see you, and we'll get you back Thank on you. early next year. See how the drilling is going. Uh, sounds great happy holidays Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your family fantastic everybody else thanks for tuning in really appreciate it this was episode 110 with Vangold Mining and CEO James Anderson uh, we'll upload this obviously to YouTube Spotify and all the other social media channels follow us there give us a like subscribe to the channel and uh, follow us there Give a, leave a comment like we want to know what, what, what you're thinking about the company about what the format is like help us evolve and uh, we're looking forward to a really really good 2021 thank you so much talk soon